Hola, soy Dafne Wegebe y soy amante de las investigaciones de crimen real. Existe una pasión especial de seguir el paso a paso que los especialistas en la rama forense de la criminología siguen para resolver cada uno de los casos en los que trabajan. Si tú, como yo, eres una de las personas que encuentran fascinante escuchar este tipo de investigaciones, te invito a escuchar el podcast Trazos Criminales con la experta en perfilación criminal, Laura Quiñones Orquiza, en tu plataforma de audio favorita. You're listening to All Things Latina Podcast, a special series called A Love Letter to My Inner Niña, meant to encourage you to heal and break away from generational beliefs like machismo, calladita te ves más bonita, and much more. This series is hosted by me, Tani Steffi, and Kim Guerra, creator of Badass Bonita. We are so excited to share our love letters to our inner niñas with y'all. This is a beautiful series. And we encourage you to do the same. In this letter, tell your inner niña how much you love her, how much you have overcome, and how strong she is. Open up to her. Imagine she's sitting down on her bed. What would you tell her? At the end of the series, we will be reading our own personal love letters to our inner niñas and reading the letters you all submit anonymously. No names will be disclosed unless it is your desire that we do so. Please make sure to submit your love letters to lovelettersamor at gmail.com. Kim Badas Bonita. And on this episode of this wonderful series, a love letter to my inner niña, to our inner niñas, uh, we will be talking about the, the topic of calladita te ves más bonita, because I'm sure we've all heard that, right? At some point in our lives, um, whether it's our own family, peers, or just overall, calladita te ves más bonita. So Kim, Um, give us your take on this. Give us your take on this subject. Hello, you know, this is my jam. Um, well, my take on this subject is F being calladita all the way todos los días, because when we teach girls, when we teach women que calladitas se ven más bonitas, we're pretty much communicating like your worth, like You're only worth your beauty, your external things. We don't want to hear you. We don't care what you have to say. Um, and so many of us growing up internalize that. We internalize like, oh, like people don't want to hear me, don't care about what I have to say. They just want to look at me. And it's like not even people. It's like we, when we say that, it's mostly too, like for the male gaze. And that's a message that's passed, that's been passed on from one generation to the next generation. And I think it's time we we break that cycle and we stop saying that lie to other girls, to niñas, to mujeres, because then they grow up being mujeres who are afraid to use their voice, who believe that they're supposed to be quiet and not stand up for themselves and that their worth is only tied to their external beauty. Y eso no es cierto. Like, nos vemos más bonitas when we're loving ourselves, when we're speaking up, when we're being free and doing and being whatever and whoever the hell we want. Yes, beautifully said. And it's so true. I feel like whether we like analyze it or not, like it makes a difference even in a professional setting, right? Like if you're in a boardroom or if you're in a meeting, I feel like because you kind of heard that growing up, you probably tend to just 
shut down and not want to ask questions because you then you build that insecurity but it's not true your opinion matters your thoughts matter and you should uh speak up and by the way kim here is wearing a beanie that says love thyself and i love that <laughs> love thyself okay and just just as a reminder as you're listening to these episodes we encourage you to write a love letter to your inner niña. If you feel that you've heard um, this, this phrase of calladita te ves más bonita, how have you overcome this? Or have you even, or have you not overcome this? You know, what would you tell to your younger self? Um, because calladita no te ves más bonita. So let's just rephrase that. <laughs> exactly. Do you remember the first time or like when you heard that calladita te ves más bonita? Do you remember who told you that? Or kind of like when you realized that this was like a phrase that was constant in your life? Yes. You know what? I've heard it from aunts. I know like my parents, my parents never directly told me that, but I heard it from like external family members and aunts. And it's like, it's a shame that it does come from women too, you know, and it is something that's passed down because that's what they believe. That's what they grew up with. And that's why some, a lot of topics it's, it's prohibited just yesterday um, we, we had like a family, um, like dinner, a family, like barbecue, and we were talking about different topics. And my dad goes, you know, I've always tried to be as open with my daughters to talk about subjects that aren't really talked about, like sex education and things like that. And he's like, it's very important. And then one of my aunts, she was like, yeah, you know what, growing up, all of that was prohibited. And my mom's like, yes, like our parents would have never talked to us about that. And it was prohibited. And we were told not to talk about that. Like, how dare we even bring up the subject? And I started thinking like, that totally ties into Calladita Te Ves Mas Bonita. Like they weren't even allowed to mention anything relating to like boyfriends or friends, like or like, hey, I have a question about sex. How does this work? You know, and I feel like you're prohibited to speak about that. And I'm just like, no, we're in a generation where we need to be open, you know, what no matter what topic it is, if we have something in mind, we need to speak up because it's not fair. Like calladitas no nos vemos más bonitas. You have an opinion, then voice your opinion. Everyone's entitled to it, whether right or wrong. No one's ever going to be 100% right. You know, you just speak your mind and that, that's what it's all about. So do you remember the first time or like, what's your background on Calladita Te Ves Mas Bonita? See, I definitely heard it like from my mom, my grandma, my tias. Um, and honestly, I, I think it is like, as I've been like talking to other women and like, hearing their stories it is something that's usually passed down like from woman to woman and it's like a like a like a code or like a <laughs> I don't know it's something that we hear or like that women feel like this is how you're supposed to raise a, a good woman or a good daughter a good hija a good wife like that's kind of like the message that is passed down from one generation to the next and it's because like that's what they were taught and it's what they were you know it's like so much of like internalized machismo. Mm -hmm. We don't even know, but we're conditioned to always como appease the men or like, and it's also a survival. Like this is what we were taught that good women did 
to get respect, to feel taken seriously, to be worthy, to be, porque si no, si, si no te callas, then you're like, osicona, este, mm -hmm. loca, rebelde, porque no obedeces. So yes. I was like, the first time it was like, my mom was like doing my hair, pero me, you know, like doing it all intense, me estaba jalando. Yeah. And um, I just remember saying like, ay, me estás jalando, eso me duele. And like, it's like, calladita te ves más bonita, las guapas se aguantan. And, um, you know, like, aguanta. And I feel like those messages are also so harmful because it's like, you're pretty much saying like, you need, you know, the most beautiful women like endure the most pain and are quiet about it. And for me, like that led to so, I was so afraid of my voice, honestly, like growing up, I, I internalized this so much that I, I was afraid to speak up or like if I spoke up I knew that I was going to be considered like bad or rebelde. Wrong, mm -hmm. rebelde, loca or even just like the worst part is just like all of a sudden I felt that if I spoke up or I used my voice I was going to be unlovable like nobody's going to want you all of a sudden you're going to like you know like turn ugly so obviously if I speak up I'm going to be ugly nobody's going to want me and as a kid I'm like I just wanted to be loved and accepted and feel safe but so like that led me to be quiet for most of my life even though there was abuse even though there was like things that I did need to talk about that I didn't know even like with puberty with my body changing like anytime I try to like ask about that it was just like esas cosas no se hablan Mm -hmm. like you know like that's not okay for you to talk about like you were saying like sex and any like I felt like I had no idea but I couldn't ask yes and it just feels like in a way I feel like you grow up you know our inner niñas like grow up with like some kind of fear like like a fear like oh my god this is prohibited I can't really talk about this because you know, I might get in trouble. And what does trouble mean? Maybe you're grounded or maybe they send you to a aunt's house, you know, like I got sent, I got sent to North Carolina for being like a rebel for speaking my mind out on like, yes, I had an aunt that, that lived out there. And because I spoke my mind out, uh, because again, porque les hombre y es mujer, we talked about this in our last episode, uh, yeah, I, I was considered a rebel, but you know, it, it's just like, it's, it wasn't like that. You know, you're not a rebel. You're just speaking your mind out. When do you feel you had the moment of like realizing like, you know what, that term is wrong. No me veo más bonita. Like, when did you have that moment? Ooh, that's like a good question. Porque I, I feel like I would love to say like, oh yeah, we're not, I was like in high school or college, but no, it was like when I was, um, when I was in grad school and I started to learn about mental health, I started to go to therapy. And then I was also in a marriage in which I was like, como those values were transferred um, in a way because like there were certain things that I felt like were unhealthy in the relationship and I didn't know how to talk about them and mm -hmm. when I was in therapy I was like wait a minute like the therapist would be like you know what like that's not okay or like you can speak up or you can set boundaries you can say yes you can say no and that was like the first time like somebody told me that where I was just like wait like I like 
I can speak up for myself or like I can stand up for myself. And um, porque a veces, like, I feel like in the outside world, I started to, pues, see, como gain my power and like learn and all of that. Pero a veces, like, in relationships, sometimes, like, we tend to shrink back again because we're told, like, this is what you do as a good wife, a good partner, a good woman. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when I started to be in, like, be in therapy and, like, actively seek my healing, I remember, like, clearly I was, like, looking at myself in the mirror. You see, I had those, that moment of just, like, actually, like, I'm most beautiful when I'm, like, when I feel powerful, not when I'm, like, shrinking calladita in the corner trying to be good and like trying to do all this stuff for everybody else yeah like, I'm actually you know so powerful and my voice is so powerful like me using my voice when I start to speak about abuse in my life and in my family and all that stuff like my when I first started to speak up like my, my family reacted so strongly and so like they called me they said I was ruining my family And they called me the like Donald Trump of the family because I was oh like my up by speaking up and by saying the truth. And like they stopped talking to me because I started talking. Um, and like that was like so painful. And it like for in that moment, I did feel like, fuck, you know, like this is why they told me bonita because right now I feel horrible. I feel like I lost my family. I feel like you know, by speaking up about my truth and my story and abuse, I'm like, I did risk a lot. I'm sorry to hear that. And it's really unfortunate that, you know, many women, we have to go through that. And it's hard. Um, I think it's also important, like, knowing that, like, for me, it took me years to be able to speak up. And it took me years of like healing and process and being in a safe place to speak up because I think if I had spoken up earlier, like, I mean, I think you know, you're ready when you're ready because I remember um, when I spoke up, it was really hard. And if I didn't have like the mental health support or the community support that I had, it would have been probably harder for me to overcome that but like now being on the other side I'm like okay it was hard but I'm so glad that I spoke up I'm so glad that my story didn't go untold and that I honored my truth and that I chose myself and I chose como to liberate myself um from that silence and from that shame and even you know, from that people pleasing, porque now being on the other side, it's like, cada día, my voice gets stronger, and it's a process, and be like, on, you know, be gentle and loving with yourself as you learn to use your voice, because I know it can be really scary. Yes, very scary. I think it takes a lot of courage um, mm -hmm. to really step up and kind of start putting your voice out there, because you never know, like, how many people you're going to impact with just sharing your story mm -hmm. and your background. Yeah. Um, and we're not saying it's easy because it's not, but you have to find that courage within you to know that, you know what, I need to prioritize myself before caring what others think. If this mm -hmm. is my truth, then I'm going to speak my truth. And it is liberating. 
And like you said, it is a process. It's not like you, it's not like you have a moment where you realize like, oh, this was, I was 22. And this is the moment that, you know, um, I decided to speak up. I think it is a process. And the more you speak up, the more empowered you feel, you know, and I, I feel Kim, like, I feel that between us, we have a lot of like commonalities when it comes to, you know, like the space that we're in. I feel like we advocate about self-love and empowerment because we're like, no, we need to, we need to embrace. And it's probably still a journey. Like for me, it's still a journey, still an ongoing journey on different topics. There's things that I'm still not ready to talk about, but it's an ongoing process, you Mm -hmm. know? And I feel like, you know, by us doing the the series, it is the beginning to start talking about these things a little bit more deep. And I mean, I hope that, you know, we can impact others, the ones that are listening to this episode and encourage you to start speaking up, start speaking up your mind, or if there's any kind of uh, trouble that you're going through, also seek, seek help. And you mentioned something big, which is therapy. I feel like therapy in the Latino um, community or the Latino culture is kind of pushed down. I knew that if growing up, if one of my family members went through therapy, oh, no, es que está loco, you know, it's considered, it's considered like, no, es que él está loco, no, que pobrecito está loco, tiene que ir a esas cosas. So I feel like that holds you back. You grow up with kind of like that stigma and mentality where therapy is wrong. So Mm -hmm. it's like, when do you say, you know what, it's not wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. like, it's like, I remember, um, I remember a few, several years back when I first started doing therapy, maybe, maybe about six or seven years ago, I started feeling like anxious and stuff. And it just got to a point where I was like, no, you know what, like, I need therapy and I seek help. I remember I walked in and I'm like, I had my insurance that had this whole like facility. And I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling some type of way and I need to talk to someone now. (laughs) And that was just kind of like my breaking point where I said, no, I need therapy. Like, I don't care what my culture says about therapy. Like, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. And yes, I, I went in and I did get like therapy, like three times a week. And it was like a cognitive behavioral therapy where they teach you how to like different exercises, how to cope with, you know, when you're getting anxiety, different exercises. And I'm so grateful that I did because it completely changed my life after that. I'm so glad. Yes, me too. I felt like when I first started going to therapy, I felt like I was doing something wrong or like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell my mom that I'm going to therapy because I know she's not going to like it because she's not going to like that. I'm like speaking up to, especially like to a stranger, like, and it's true. Like that was like her exact response was just like, yo no, my mom was like, yo no necesito ir a terapia porque yo tengo a Jesús. And I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that too. <laughs> like, I'm so glad that you have that. Like, you know, I'm like, I got Jesus too. And I also need this. Like, I'm choosing um, to heal in this way. Cada quien tiene su manera de, de sanar, de procesar. But I know this is what I need to heal and to process. And um, and I what I explained it to her was just like, you know, I have, it's like when you're dealing with something, like whether it's anxiety, whether it's trauma, whether it's depression, lo que sea, este, 
for me, it's like I was like walking around with a broken arm and going to the broken arm, like in my mind, you know, <laughs> and like going to therapy helped me heal so that I can have, you know, so I can heal that arm. And I'm like, now I have two arms that I can use and function with rather than like trying to live my life with a broken arm and adjusting, you know, to living with one arm. And I feel like that's like what a lot of our family members did when like they were struggling with something like, oh shit, let me just como acomodarme, acostumbrarme that this is just like something that I deal with or like push it back or like not talk about it. Mm -hmm. And um, when I started to go, like that's when I, I feel like I gained a lot of tools and I got to process and, and talk about stuff that I never ever had talked about for the first time. And I think about now, like what would my life look like today if I chosen to stay quiet exactly and and that's deep you know like what would your life be today if you did not speak up and that's very important that that put things that puts things in perspective like if you're listening to this episode like what would your life be you know kind of hypothetically speaking like what would it be like if you don't speak up if you don't make that choice to say you know what no puedo estar calladita, whether that means opening up to your best friend, whether that means opening up to a family member or a therapist, you know, mm -hmm. like you need, you need to speak up because it's so, um, liberating. I remember like in therapy, it's like, you just say what you want, you mm -hmm. get, you know, feedback and you honestly, I walked out crying and bawling so many times, but then I felt like refreshed at the same time after you walk out the door, you're like, okay, this is a step forward to my mental health. And you know what, something that I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this, but like in my Latino culture, <laughs> like I've, I've heard, um, en mis tiempos no habían, no, no había eso de depresión. Eso es algo nuevo. Eso es algo nuevo. En mis tiempos no se sabía nada de ansiedad ni depresión. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like back then, or maybe our ancestors or culturally speaking, like they probably brushed it under the rug as if it was nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, and yes. <laughs> Can I, like my grandma, like she, she used to like say similar things. Um, And then I like, I remember I just like sat and reflected one day. I'm like, a mi bisabuela se la robaron, which means that like her, my great grandfather pretty much saw her, said, oh, I want her, raped her, and then said to her family, like, I made her my woman now. She's going to be, she's going to marry me. And so then my great grandmother grew up. <clears throat> with this man that she didn't love but had to marry because her family forced her to marry him or else she was going to bring disgrace and nobody else was going to marry her because she had been tainted quote unquote mm -hmm. so my great-grandmother grew up hella depressed and hella like angry and traumatized and she would be super like mean and like slut shaming to my great to my grandmother mm -hmm. and I remember telling me tita like I'm like tita don't you think that the Miyabue was depressed? Like, if you think about her life and how she acted and how she reacted, like, don't you think that was kind of like from depression and trauma? And, and then I'm like, and then you always talk about how you're feeling super anxious or how you can't sleep because you're, you know, and when you have these like, como, like panic attacks, and mm -hmm. don't you think that sounds like anxiety? 
and um they just you know they just didn't have like the the labels for it but that doesn't mean it didn't exist or we didn't deal with it um and like I've, I've been doing research and I found that like Latinas are at a higher risk for depression and anxiety, but most of us don't get the treatment that we need because we weren't taught how to ask for that help. We weren't taught how to talk about depression and anxiety. And a lot of that, like they traced it down to like the biggest things that put us at a higher risk for depression and anxiety wow. are low self-esteem, self concealment which is like you hide or abandon yourself like you're not able to like speak your truth which is like the calladita mm -hmm. um, and I I just remember feeling so like it clicked in my head I'm like the we're at a higher risk for depression and anxiety because we were never taught to speak up for ourselves yes that that's that's so wild right that's so like it's shocking, but not shocking, but it's so shocking. And it's like, I hope that, you know, we start changing that because we cannot be silenced. Like, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're Latina or any, but if we're like at high risk, it's like, we cannot be silenced. If you need help, speak up, like speak up because it's so important. And like, no, now you have me thinking like, if like our cultural like beliefs and backgrounds are the way, way that we were brought up, not saying that everything was bad because there are magical, wonderful moments, right? But if we're just analyzing kind of like the mentality or the perspective, like I feel like that really challenges you, you know, like to have that, you know, low self-esteem or that self-doubt, that can lead to depression, anxiety, and other mental, um, mental situations. So, um, I mean, I, I'd say, you know, obviously I'm not an expert, I'm not a mental health expert, but the first step is to speak up and try to seek therapy. Mm -hmm. I would say it would be your best ally here. Um, what do you think him is like, what do you think is changing? You know, what do you think is changing now in this time versus when our mothers were, were raised? Why do you think we're speaking up more now? I think a huge part is like our moms were so like tasked with survival. Like they're when you're in survival mode, like your main task is to like meet basic needs, like to make sure, you know, we're safe, we're fed and, you know, we're protected in, in one way or another surviving and I I think a lot of us like are our first gen that we're learning we're having we're gaining access to higher education or to more resources that our parents didn't have so some of us as we have access to this we're we're learning new things and we are seeking therapy a lot of you know a lot of us are like first gen therapy seekers or like <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that is causing a lot of shift and change and like us learning oh like that was actually trauma or that was actually abuse or that's not something that I want to pass on so I feel a lot of us are doing the work that our parents didn't have the opportunity to do and we're doing that healing that so many in our generation did not have the privilege of seeking or 
having the time and the energy, the capacity, the financial resources to seek this help and to seek, you know, to prioritize our mental health and our mental wellness. I saw somewhere that like in this generation, time is the new form of wealth. Like if you have more time, you know, it means like you're, you know, in a place where you can dedicate more energy to anything other than working and surviving. And a lot of our parents didn't have the luxury of time. And another form of like success is healing. Like if you're actively healing, like that's another form of success, not just like having power and money. Um, so I think that's definitely a shift that we're seeing in our generation. And like a huge part of like that makes me think like what type of messages and what type of loving relationship do we want to pass on to this next generation and I feel like a lot of us are doing that work so we don't pass that on to our kids because we know the pain that came from hearing all the time or the pain that and loneliness that came from having to be quiet when we had a lot to say when we growing up like being scared of your voice or being scared of speaking up or believing that you're not worth speaking up or you're not worth listening to and like unlearning those things we're doing that too at least I'm doing that not only for myself but for the next generation because I want the next generation to see a strong badass woman speaking up not staying quiet standing up for what she believes in loving herself standing in her power and like not being apologetic about any of that Yes, no, I 100% agree with you. Like it's, it's up to us to continue um, to expand this like, mentality of like, you are able to speak up, you can speak up, you know, so it's very important. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's very important for us to teach that to our new our new generation, because it's something that we, we just had to learn ourselves you know and I feel like um you 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 nailed it when you said that like our parents like they lacked resources I feel like many of us share a background of like immigrant parents Mm -hmm. um that come to this country and they're just in survival mode that they really don't have they didn't have the time to think and analyze everything you know um and I, I have a lot of talks with my dad And it's just more like a, I think it's more like a healing and learning process as we go. And he's realized that he's had to learn a lot along the way, you know, especially coming from me. Mm -hmm. And the other day, like a few days ago, he's like, you know, he's like, I don't have a manual. I didn't have a manual when we had you guys. I didn't have a manual how to be the best parent. I didn't have a manual of like learning about this culture here in America. He's like, He's like, and I want you to know that I've never intended to make any mistakes, you know, but he's like, it has been a learning process for me. And I have learned a lot. Like you've taught me more than I have ever taught you. And I was just like, I was like, oh my God, like that to me was like, oh my God, it meant everything for him to say that because I have never heard that. He's like, and I want you to know that you've never done anything wrong. You never did anything wrong. It was more me and you've taught me more than, you know, he's like, and I'm still growing as a person, even in my sixties. And I was just like, like, it makes me want to cry. Just like, you know, that I just feel like 
wow, like I feel like some form of like, I thought I had already felt accepted or my mentality has been accepted, but this just kind of like, I was like, wow, we're definitely moving in the right direction where, you know, I'm educating my dad. So whenever I do have my kids, his whole perspective is going to be different with his grandchildren, especially Mm -hmm. if they're baby girls, you know? So I just think, um, I think, I think that was just such a powerful and special moment that I was just like, I was like, wow. All I said, was like, wow, thank you. Like, I, I was just like, thank you. That, that meant a lot. <laughs> wow. That's so beautiful on that. Like that gave me chills because you know what that is? Like that's intergenerational healing. Like that is a moment in which like there was healing between these two generations and like for the generations to come. And it's because you had that courage to speak up. Like you had the courage to have those conversations that were maybe like prohibited or scary or, you know, that you had resistance to. Pero con tiempo, it's like your fa- like our family system, ha- like when we choose to change or speak up or break a cycle, the whole family system follows. As like if there will be resistance at first, but mm-hmm. they have to adjust to, you know, when you stick to your boundaries, you stick to your voice, you stick to what you believe in, they will adjust with time. And like, you're a living proof of that, you know, and that's so powerful. Yes, it's so powerful. Like 10 years ago, I would have never imagined something like this, you Mm. know, like happening. And like you said, it's uh, intergenerational, like educational, you know, acceptance (laughs) or um, because that that's powerful and it can happen, especially someone, you know, that grew up with like a whole different mentality, you know, and I respect that a lot because he is a man figure. And in the, in the Latino community, you know, you're taught that, oh, you're the man of the house. You're, you're the leader and this and that, but now it's like, it's shifting. And I, and I greatly appreciate that, you know, I greatly appreciate that. So um, no, yeah, just I just thought I I share that 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 was amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing that. And like, I feel like even like in your inner inner niña letter, that's like definitely something that you can tell her. Like, hey, when you're speaking up and they tell you que calladita te es más bonita, I just want to share with you that I had this conversation with our dad, and he was thanking us for teaching mm-hmm. him. He was thanking us for speaking up for using our voice because he is learning from us and he would not this would not have happened if you hadn't spoken up if you hadn't honored that voice and that truth that's so so true oh you're making me cry Kim (laughs) like we have to go back and do that and tell tell ourselves like listen like right now I know that it's hard or I know they told you right now to be calladita pero right now like I'm over here on this other side and I just had this beautiful conversation. So keep on, keep on using that voice, keep on speaking up because it's working and it's making changes, not only for you, but for our dad and for the next generation, like remind that inner niña how powerful her voice is, how power, like how big of an impact, like bigger than she can imagine. Um, así que just like, like, así que por favor, por favor, no te quedes, no te quedes calladita. Yes, that's so beautiful. I'm like so emotional. I'm like, I have tears in my eyes. And you know, right now that you're saying that, I have some little birds, like they started chirping or singing here by my window. I don't know if you can hear them, but. 
no for sure for sure that's it's it's beautiful and um we just want to encourage you you know if you're listening to this encourage you to start thinking about that letter to your inner niña and be as sincere as possible you know and in this process you might not officially be healed or maybe you have or maybe you're in the process of but it's really important to get in touch with that it's so so important and like for me I think like the most beautiful part is that we get to be an active like participant in that intergenerational healing that like when as you are healing you're also healing the people before you and the people after you and that's how important it is for you to use your voice and to love yourself and to start this journey and this path um I also want to share too like as a queer person I remember the first time I spoke about that with my family and like to how scary it was like that I'm able to have conversations with like with my grandmother with my mom with my you know with my family and experience healing in that way too porque I feel like too like that's also an, another important part of our culture that could that we still need to grow grow in it's like the homophobia and all that stuff like and so many like latine humans because it's like not just women like grow up most of their life silenced in their identity and who they love because they're scared and I also want to just share that it's so you know in in your time and your journey but also as somebody I was outed but also like I was able to come have those one-on-one conversations too um how I didn't realize like how much it meant to me to be my full self with my family and to speak about my experiences as a queer person um, in a place that felt very not accepting of, of queerness. Yes, and, and that comes with um, the traditional like mm-hmm. mentality, you know, and I, I'm glad that you were able to take that step and really say, hey, look, here I am, this is who I am. And there's only one way about it, which is accepting it, you know. And if you are in that situation, everything at its given time, right? Where whatever, whenever you feel ready. But I want everyone to know, like, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. Whether you you like a different gender, whether you just like a human being, whether you just like it, it just doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. you're just as valuable as anyone else. so don't don't be afraid don't be afraid I would say um but definitely I'm glad we're having these conversations because I feel like they need to be said they need to be spoken spoken about especially in our community Mm -hmm. so they bring healing and they bring so much change yes yes Kim any any advice what would be like your final advice to someone that just needs to take that step forward or that person, let's imagine that person that they're like, okay, I'm ready to speak up, but then they're like, oh, no, maybe I shouldn't. How, what would be your best advice for that person? That your voice has the power to change lives and the first life it will change is yours. And you have all that you need to, to start doing that, which is your voice. And um, 
I, I believe that your voice is necessary. Our voices are necessary. Our stories are necessary. And whether it's even you speaking up for yourself or to yourself, um, no te quedes calladita because this world needs your voice. This world needs to hear what you have to say. And this world, aunque no te des cuenta, like your voice makes this world a better place. And you're gonna, you're robbing us of the glory and the blessing of your voice when you stay quiet and we wanna hear it. Yes, definitely. And we definitely wanna hear it. Um, if you're in the process, once you're, you're done writing the love letter to your inner niña, um, the email's in the description of this podcast. Go ahead and email it to us. It can be anonymous. Um, if you choose for it to be anonymous, um, we'll keep it anonymous. But the goal is for us to share these letters at the final episode of the series where we all can kind of start healing together because juntas si somos más poderosas and, and it's so, a process. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, I love that. Yes, yes. Thank you, Kim. And um, just final words, I, I want to encourage everyone that you give that hug to your little niña, your little inner niña, and tell her we are healing. It's a process, but I will make you proud. Yeah. So it's like a hug to our inner niñas and um, stay tuned for the next episode. We have more to come, more more, more of these deep conversations and hopefully we can all align in our healing process and journey. Eso. I'm like, usen su voz, por favor. And you look most beautiful when you're loving yourself. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love yourself. And until next time. <laughs> Hola, soy Dafne Wegebe y soy amante de las investigaciones de crimen real. Existe una pasión especial de seguir el paso a paso que los especialistas en la rama forense de la criminología siguen para resolver cada uno de los casos en los que trabajan. Si tú, como yo, eres una de las personas que encuentran fascinante escuchar este tipo de investigaciones, te invito a escuchar el podcast Trazos Criminales con la experta en perfilación criminal, Laura Quiñones Orquiza, en tu plataforma de audio favorita.